once again for another episode of Ben Hop's Community Corner. Right here, we are live, and we're going to talk. We got some serious business to talk about today, because you know this this is something that's going on in our society, our, our community right now, um, with a lot of people. So you know, first before we get into the topic, let me uh, introduce my two guests that are in the building right now. A round of applause for my two guests that are in the building. First of all, I have Tiffany Lawrence. She's from the Broward Behavioral Health Coalition. How you doing, Tiffany? How you doing? Okay, let's make sure I get your mic right. Go ahead. Will you say something? I'm good. How oh, you doing? Go. <laughs> sounding all good on there. Yes. How you doing? Yes. And next to Tiffany, I have Willie S from Tan Believe Enterprises. How you doing, sir? How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm very good. Thank God. I'm blessed. Yes. 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 So let me get these cameras right on y'all too, man. I just want to make sure. Everybody can see y'all. We are streaming live. You can watch the live stream on excitementradio.com. Also, during the show, you can call in. The number is 305-749-6004. You can call in and ask a question because we're going to be talking about... Well, let me get into the topic. The topic, today's topic is mental health in our community. This is real serious because I feel like right now there's a lot of people out there that are suffering with a lot of mental health issues. And they may not know where to get help. They may not know where to turn to. They may not know, you know, what to do. So this is why I have my guest panelists here today to kind of help us, you know, navigate through this situation. And if you out there and if you know a loved one that may need some assistance, maybe, you know, you'll find some good information on today's show. So that being said, Tiffany, I want to open it up with you. Mental health, is this something that society been dealing with for like years and years and years and it's just really being you know seen to the public or is this something that we were not dealing with and all of a sudden we having a lot of these issues right good question um so it's been something that we've dealt with as a society for many years um probably behind the scenes a lot Mm -hmm. um Not everyone has been open with mental health challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the day, uh, you you would get locked up in a facility or even within a home. We're talking way back. Right. Um, How far back are we talking? Like what? 70s, 80s, 70s, 80s, before that. um, Okay. You know, mental health has been there as as long as physical health has been there. So we know people have had physical issues from... The existence of humans. Okay. And you can assume that they've also had mental health right. from the existence. So right. thinking from the initiation of humans being on this earth, mm-hmm. mental health has existed and people have had issues with them. Okay. Okay. Willie, if you, if there's anything you want to add to that, you know, feel free to jump in, okay? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so, okay. So you have a lot of people who are committing suicide. Mm-hmm. But yet, when you see them on social media, because now we live in a social media world, right, where you see everybody looking happy, right. and just like that TikTok guy that, that that was a dancer, like a big, he was like every day on TikTok, you see him, he's right. smiling, right? but he ended up committing suicide. Right. What's going on with that? So, especially with social media, it's become much more of a challenge when it comes to mental health, because mm-hmm. you only see the positive or mm. glamorous sides that people put out. And not a lot of people put out their struggles. So you have right. some people on TikTok or social media where you'll see they talk about their struggles or their mental health. Right, right. Most people is on their 
I'm flogging. I'm showing you the good things in my life. They didn't, they didn't take one. They, they yes. didn't, uh, okay, yeah, Renting yeah. Yeah, places they, okay, that yeah, make yeah. Look, mansions, so you think okay. it's theirs and it's not. Okay. Um, so you're not seeing that unhappiness or whatever struggles they have behind the scenes. And then when they do die by suicide or something like that, uh-huh. you're kind of shocked because you thought they were always smiling. It's kind of similar to you see a comedians. They laugh a lot. They make everybody laugh. Right. A lot of them. Correct. Um, have depression behind the scenes, right? And so it's similar to that. So let me ask you, is there any signs that we can see in a person, even though they're showing like they live in a, a happy life? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. covering it up. Yeah, right. Covering is, are, up. Yeah. are there any signs that you can, like a person can see, even though you see them smiling, you can say, no, I, I see a sign. Is there yeah. Any? So, um, and it might not be something you can see publicly, but okay. um, I remember having somebody close to me. She was always happy, always liked to... Uh-huh. Um, you know, take pictures, very glamorous and okay. um, always very neat. That was just her her lifestyle. Right, right. Um, and so this was back in college. I went into her dorm room and it was a complete mess. Ooh. Like it was, mm, yeah. and that was different for her. Okay, so you mean just the room was? Just the room was trashed. And okay. she was somebody who was very organized. Like when you saw her in person? When I saw her in person, from okay. what I knew, I've been in her room before. Uh-huh. She was, everything was color co- coordinated, everything was put together, but then when I went in this time, it was completely oh, chaotic. chaotic. Yeah. Clothes everywhere. I'm not okay. talking about the everyday you don't fold your laundry, but it was it was messed up. And so I said, what's going on? And she's like, I'm glad you asked me because I'm severely depressed. Like, I'm Okay. So sometimes it's a change in that person's routine. Uh-huh, uh-huh, it could be uh-huh. them not getting out of bed, not brushing uh-huh. their teeth, not taking a bath. Mm-hmm. It could be that overly happy about everything. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm, kind of like, mm-hmm. things happen to them and it's just that overly positive attitude where if you ask them, like, are you okay after that? And it's like, oh, I'm good. But you know, most people probably wouldn't be. Right. And they don't want to talk about it. It's I'm good. I'm strong. Okay. I don't okay. need to talk. I don't um, need any help and then yeah. anything like like the commercial showing the guy with the weights and they say, "Hey, you, you need some help?" I don't need it. I'm good. I don't need any help. Yeah. I was gonna. I was thinking about depression as a matter of fact because mm-hmm. um, in the community, do you see a lot of depression within? Well, I know, I know the youth and then maybe even like adults as well because depression easy is it easy to fall into a depression? It could be. Um, Everybody's everyone gets sad, you know. You're always going to get sad, and it's when it's um long term right, sadness right. or something that you can't pinpoint. You probably don't know why. Like, you're just waking up sad and you don't know why, and it's ongoing, it's affecting your life. So, it's affecting you going to work, it's affecting you going to school, it's affecting you know, I'm not brushing my teeth, I'm not combing my hair, I'm not doing that stuff. That's when it becomes a problem. And we do see a lot of depression nowadays, especially with social media. And people feeling like they aren't where they should be because they see other people posting right, these things right. that they feel like they should have. And that doesn't necessarily mean because these other people posting everything that they're actually successful. Right. But right. their appearance to be successful than another person like, I should be further ahead. Like somebody say, for example, 30-something, you're still living at home with your right. parents. Right. And you feel like, and some of your your, your people your age Shoot, are with these married. prices, I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was. Well, yeah, my parents are not around, so. But they passed away. But yeah, if, if it was, I was, wish I could stay with them too. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
So just these uh, expectations that people have for themselves or that society has for people that could get them down. And right. some people, it's a chemical, something going on chemically where uh-huh. you don't know and that's just how you feel. So, yeah, we do see a lot of that. You might see an increase in aggression. So right. person's just always upset. They're mad. Right. Um, that's another sign of mental health. Something's going on. And you want to kind of get to know what's happening with that person. Is that depression when they show on aggression or just that some other kind of mental thing? It could be on? depression. And I'm trying to keep you away. I'm, uh, or, you know, I'm agitated about every single thing. Everything sets me off. But that's along with other mental health conditions as well. So let me ask you this. I know there's like a cycle. It's like a cycle when you go through some kind of trauma mm-hmm. or something, you know, bad in your life. It's like a cycle you go through. Like, you know, of course, it's the pain and then it's a healing process. And then, you know, you, you then end up moving on. Right. It's like a cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, they get stuck in that cycle where they don't heal and move on. Now, I have a family member who went through and this family member was fine. I mean, before this situation, this family member was fine. Mm-hmm. So, um. And I didn't know. I didn't know. And that's why I said, you know, I, I know the signs now. But at the time, the family member, you know, went through a breakup. It was tough on that family member. When I would see that family member, they didn't want to go nowhere. They would lock themselves in the room. Like, they'd be in the room all day. They didn't want to do nothing. They didn't want to be around nobody. No. Come to find out, it was depression, right? And the depression led to the mental illness, right. the mental health issues. And I was speaking to a psychologist that I knew, and she was kind of breaking it down to me. And she was saying that, you know, when a person gets into, like, a, um, a depressed state, right, she kind of broke it down into, like, real simple terms to me where she said that, you know, it's like the brain, the brain cells, right? When you fry the brain cells, like, when you, you know, burn your brain cells out, they do not regenerate. Right. And what she was saying is this is why now a person who goes into a depressed state and then now... They, they suffer mental health issues. Now, this is why they need medicine, because that medicine is like the only thing that could kind of balance them out mm-hmm. and kind of get them to be a, a little more productive in society rather than just being locked away in their room. And that's the easiest way she broke it down. I mean, in your experience, what would you say? Is it similar to that, what I was it's, saying? It's similar. Um, medication is controversial because a lot of people don't uh-huh. want to take it even for like physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are ways that you can work through depression without medication, but some people, they need that reset. You know, Um, their depression is so severe that they might, they might, Take medication and that's perfectly fine. Right. So you have multiple, uh, you have. But is this medication type of medication that becomes addictive that? No. Okay. So most of the medications will not become addictive. Now Uh what you uh need to be careful um, about are opiates. And, you know, you would be working with a psychiatrist, uh-huh. a medical professional who is giving it to you in a way and going to wean you off of it in a way that, you know, um, you it's less likely for you to become addicted to it. But opiates are highly addictive. And so you want to you definitely want to learn about the side effects of the medication because some of them have side effects. Wasn't Michael Jackson on something like that? He was on. I don't. I don't remember. Adder, I, I believe was it Adder, I don't know what he was on, right. but he was on it was highly addictive. So some right. some other opiates are, are highly addictive. Okay. And you want to talk to um, your psychiatrist about the side effects. Some of them cause weight gain. Right. Some of them might, you know, which could cause depression. Which if could you, if you could, could 
Yes. So you you want to talk about what the side effects are and, you know, really consider if it's what you want. Uh If your depression is severe and you're at the point where, hey, I just need something I can't, I really need it. It's nothing wrong with trying it. And you can always, you know, switch it with a medical professional if you need to. Let me ask you, and I want to take it on like a different level now, like a a spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, when I go to church and I hear my pastor preaching and stuff, a lot of times the pastor will talk about people, you know, when he's praying, he's like, People who have thoughts of depression, you know, in Jesus' name, you know, we want that to leave. And I feel like a spiritual aspect can help a person that's in a depressed state. And that's just my belief. Yeah. What do y'all say about that? Anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Anything? You You think so? Uh, Oh, me? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, uh, anything spiritual, I mean, because we're spiritual beings. Right. So, and, and... Anything that that's spiritual, that's positive. Okay. Uh, prayer. Uh, yes. People coming to pray for you. Uh, you know, if you can read the Bible yourself, right. and you can pray. But anything spiritual is uh, is a plus because that's what something it depends. Because I'm gonna tell you my personal story. I got injured, mm-hmm. uh, injured my knee and got a bad knee infection back in April of last year, right. which left me unable to walk. And I'm an active person and I'm a person that's always doing things for myself. Right. And this thing had me where this infection was so bad. I was hospitalized for four days and then I couldn't walk. I had to go home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I couldn't walk. I was, uh, and my family had to take care of me, like like Tiffany, who was my daughter. They, my whole family had to come in and take care of me. But when they left, mm-hmm. you know, they took care of me that day. I was there. Uh, once everybody left, I was sitting there thinking, and I had all these thoughts in my head. I'm like, oh, this is how it's going to be for you. Uh, I mean, really crazy thoughts that I never thought. Oh, someone's going to be driving your car. I mean, look at you. You can't even move anymore. You ought to kill yourself. And I was like. What? Wow. But what? But what brought me? Because I was depressed. Because I was like used to going out, doing my own thing, mm-hmm. being independent, and you know, exercising, doing all this stuff. Now I'm sitting here stuck on the couch uh, with my my leg up, and then now I graduated to I'm on a walker, right? And you know, first I was in a wheelchair, and on a walker, and then started with a, on a cane, and eventually. Couldn't even drive. And I'm like, you know, people had to come drive me around. My friends, thank God for my friends and family. Uh, I shout out to them who all came in, taking me to therapy, doing everything. And, and that support helped me. But if it wasn't for the spiritual part of me. That's what I was going to say. That was in my life. Right, right, right. Because I dismissed Satan when he was saying, he was whispering in my ear. Right. I dismissed him. And I was, and that gave me a chance to get more into the word of God and read the Bible and pray and hear God's voice, which which overpowered all that stuff because he's all powerful. Right. So I do believe in the spiritual realm, and I do believe in 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 if if you still have that conscience. I don't know how deep people depression or mental illness might be, mm-hmm. but I believe that if you have a connection with God, and and you you need to you need to pull on that. You need to you need to you need to, you need to rely on that. You need to lean on it. You need to be big on it. You need to pray. And even if you got a, you have a family member, mm-hmm. they need prayer. I pray for my, my whole entire family every day and friends. And the, so that's that's spiritual is a big part because yes. you can't you can't function. We're spiritual beings. Right. People don't understand that. We're spiritual beings. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's just and we have that connection 
with God. So we have to we have to lean on that. We have to, and I agree with you on, on with that, Willie. And yes, I do agree with you on that. We do need to be more spiritually connected, so that way, a lot of times when we go through situations, we know that God got our back. So right. I do agree with you on that. So let me let me ask you guys now: when it comes to like the youth, mm-hmm. right? We're dealing with youth now. I, I know with the youth. I know back when I was growing up, there was no such thing as hyperactive child. You was acting up. Your mama or your daddy would spank your butt, and then you know how to calm down after that. Or your right? grandparents. Or yeah, yeah. Or your, or your grandparents. Or somebody would, in your family, would tighten that butt up, and then you would act right. But yeah. now, of course, the school system now starts to label these, you know, mm-hmm. these children, whether they have... What, what is it? ADHD. ADHD. ADHD, right. Yeah. You know, ABCDF, all they have yeah. all this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what's going on with that? Is it really that serious? Or is it because they just being lazy and they just want to give kids, put kids on medicine rather than really trying to work with kids? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't say that I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Right, so, right. Um, overseeing programs and a lot of times I do see uh-huh. you know ADHD can be overly diagnosed so um, right. when I was in school we had a lot more freedom free thinking free activities and a lot of that has been cut away in the school system in general just through whatever curriculum the state has so us you're doing. saying you're saying like the school activities the school activities the they were very much more active and hands-on and not I have to sit here and I have to study and so it gave you time to burn that energy i got you so when you see adhd Ah, in in very young children you kind of sometimes you have to question some of this right right right. is it normal behavior or is it really a problem with adhd um and a neurologist they can do an exam and be able to tell the brain activity to tell you if it's truly adhd or not Right, right that's something a lot of people don't know but then um yeah so you do see that label another one you see is um it's called oppositional defiant disorder or conduct disorder, which is a label given to a that lot of... That sounds like a bad child, but go ahead. Yes, basically. <laughs> so you give it a black and brown youth, a lot of times when you have a mental health issue, it's labeled as a behavioral issue. So you're bad, you need to be corrected, you don't really have a mental health issue. And many of those youth might end up in the juvenile justice system, suspended, and other youth, um, you know, white youth might... They really dig into their trauma histories, right? Right. And really, they get mental health support. So you have one group of kids who are being sent to jail and criminalized for mental health issues, while another group is getting the help that they they need. So we definitely need to pay attention to what labels and understand that trauma plays a role in a lot of mental health issues, things that happen in families. It could be... Um, you know, um, somebody nat- killed in your somebody family, killed in your family uh, natural disasters. Right. Um, what's traumatic to one person might not be to the next, but how it affects that individual can make it tra- traumatic or not. And those right. are things that we need to ask a instead of your bad. Away yeah. Or, or grandparent that they were really in love with. Right. That, that could be a traumatic situation. Right. So it's traumatic for adults. When we lose our parents, right. you know, when I lost yes, my mom, it does. so it is. You know, it is. Yeah, that's so kind of heavy. The question needs to be not, um, you know, you might have a label and that's okay, but you know, is this label really based on, you know, is it trauma or is it something else? And then not stigmatizing within our system, school systems, behavioral health, whatever systems. When someone does have a label, it's okay. Is it okay to have a label? I would want my child to have a label. So society and a lot of people would 
say they they don't and like anything like you know when it's a physical health condition we don't want it but you might have it and so you might not want diabetes but you have it so what do you do now I go stop to eating that sweet uh, <laughs> cake. You know, I yeah, stop yeah, eating it. Red velvet. You work with somebody, you stop eating it, you come up with a plan. So right, that's right. the same thing with mental health is we don't want it. And right? how does that affect the child when they grow up and it's time to like go into the, you know, the work environment? Right. When you say label, is this in their public school records? So it's supposed to be private information, just like medical okay, information. Okay, so you don't know. You won't know. A person you, won't know. You shouldn't know. But okay. if they go to meetings, um, you hear IEP, which is like plant. If, if the behavior is affecting or the okay. mental health condition is affecting uh-huh. their classroom, you put in a special plan in place. Uh-huh. And so teachers may know. Uh, staff at the school may know. Um, and so there is a possibility of people... You know, uh, treating someone differently because of it, but people are trained to not do that, and that leads to more stigma and people not wanting to know. And that's why parents are afraid um, to have their kids take testing. And you know, you say, "Oh, something's wrong with your kid. Let us do testing," and they don't want it because they're afraid of that label and that mistreatment. Right. What was that program in the schools where, you know, you had the regular kids in the classroom, and then you had the other kids in this other classroom that was supposed was to have ESE or yeah, some behavior issues mm-hmm. or uh, maybe a little mental health issues. They right. was in. I was in this class. Remember, we used to do a presentations. Right, and we'd right. Go to the school, and, and you know, uh, it was kind of tough doing presentations in there because I had to tell the principal, "Listen, I'm not trained to deal with kids like this." Okay, meaning with men, men, that may have some slight mental health issue. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm just a regular person coming into the classroom to teach a program. Let's say for career day. Right. So don't be put me in a class where. I'm not because they have a tr- uh, they have a teacher in there and then they have like a staff member to help the teacher. Mel, Mel's banger says it's special ed class. That's yeah, special ed. ed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> special ed classes. Yeah. So I mean, I don't mean to laugh though, but special I mean, ed. you know, so they have those classes. And then getting back to what uh-huh. what, what uh, uh, Tiffany was saying is, I remember those days in school and 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 a lot of kids. Hey, if you had issues, I mean, it wasn't like that, you know. And but kids were put on Ritalin and all this kind of stuff because oh, they too hyper. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they too, yeah. they too yeah. hyper, and they too that. And it comes to fight, and the kid is like, uh, like a was hyper running around and not and now they're slow. And then and other kids refused, like a lot of adults refused to take the medication. Yeah. Right, and, and see, this is what I was saying too. It's also your diet, what you eating. I think right now for the kids, for the young folks, the food is not healthy like that. It's affecting their mental well, it's state. It's definitely for physical health, you know, for yeah, physical, that, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, it's definitely. I think it, it can have an effect on it. I think it's holistic. I think okay. I look at it as not every mental health professional does is spiritual, you know, physical, uh-huh. um, and mental. So I think they all work in play with each other. You can't have one without the other. So, you know... It could be something that you're eating that's causing it. Um, you know, th- it could be a thyroid issue. It could be uh, something depression is caused by, you know, medical issues like a thyroid. Right, right, right So you right. have to look at the full picture. Right. Um, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical and get to work works for every person. Medication is not the answer for every single person. N- no, So no. you have to look at what you are comfortable with doing as an individual to help yourself. Um you know, you have more severe uh, diagnoses like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder where, you know. And what's might- the difference between a person, w- since you mentioned that, mm-hmm. when you say bipolar and you, you say schizophrenia, mm-hmm. like what's the, the So difference? they have different um, 
types of bipolar. Um, usually people know bipolar just layman terms of your emotions are changing quickly. So one minute I might be sad. I had a joke, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> one minute I might be happy. You know, one minute I have a lot of energy. Uh-huh. And so you might notice someone um, out of nowhere, they have a burst of energy. It could be mm-hmm. for days and they're doing everything. And um, if you think of um, like Kanye West, right? He okay. comes out with a beautiful album. It's like you see him online ah, and you know yeah, 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 he's yeah, having yeah. an episode, most likely, because he's tweeting and doing all that stuff for days. And it's all day and all night. But then he just disappears. Sound like the former president. No. Donald Trump. Yeah. yeah. Possibility, you know, they tweet a lot. They <laughs> do a McDonald's lot. And McDonald's, too. And at McDonald's late at night, too. Yeah, 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 and yeah, at yeah. McDonald's, they're eating and doing all that stuff. So yeah. they have a lot of energy and then it's a crash. Now I'm severely depressed, um, you know. So that would be considered bipolar. Yeah. Okay. Schizophrenia, um, um, you know, the the most common one that people see is uh-huh. paranoid schizophrenia. So you might have hallucinations. You might hear voices. You might see things that are not You, you there. might think the TV talking you to you. You might t- think the TV's talking to you. Right. Yes. Or, um, you know, um, there was a professor who she does TED Talks and she talked, you know, she thought it would never happen to her, but she heard she started having hallucinations and she heard a voice telling her to pour is like pour the Gatorade on the other professor. And she did it. So a lot of um, hallucinations. As, as long as you don't hear a crazy voice saying "kill my landlord" and, and stuff like that, like go out there and kill somebody, you might right? hear that. So right, it, it might saying. be some you of that. You might hear voices to, yeah. to tell you to commit suicide. Like, you might you know, hear like voices telling you to kill yourself, kill other I was people. Going through. Yeah, yeah, you might hear because you all those voices. Again, I, I'm going to say that we we live in a spiritual realm, and you voices come and go into right, your head depending right, on the right. situation you're in. And you you have to be You got to know which voice to listen which, to. Which, 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 which voice to listen to. And it comes to you based on what state you might be in mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. at that particular moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a, a down state, right. uh, it could come to you. Uh, and even if you're in a happy state, it, it could come to you. Like you said, you could be... One time you this way, the mm-hmm, other time mm-hmm, you this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what what's the difference? What's what's autism have to do with it? So, with autism. so autism is um, it's not thought of as a mental illness, right? Um, but it's like a, a developmental disorder. So right, a person right. with autism can have mental health issues going on, um, where they're also depressed. They experience emotions just like anyone else would, um, but it's not considered a mental health. And I know with autism, too, you have different levels of autism. My wife was telling me, because she she has a a class that she did on that, there's different levels. Like, you have that high-functional autistic person, and then, like you said, you have different levels of it. Right. So you have some people who can't speak at all, some people who speak, you don't even know. Mm -hmm. They might um, have difficulty with social interactions, but they might be really good at, you know, other activities, school, uh-huh. and that stuff. So it's different. It's a spectrum, right? Um, I have a, a son that suffers autism. Tiffany knows, and uh, he he doesn't really speak. He'll make sounds and stuff like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm in the process of because he always holding his ears and stuff like that. And the lady in, in, that I ran into, she said she saw him. She said, "Oh, uh, you should buy him the uh, uh, the headphones that the uh, that reduce the sound." She said, because that's what I have for my son. I'm like, really? She said, yeah, you can get the headphones that reduce the sound. That's what he's doing when he's doing like this. 
So I'm, go, I'm I'm in the process so, of looking so for. So what, what? Why does the sound like? What is that? Did, do I they really know? don't know. But she told me her son has suffered from autism, and she told me mm-hmm. it's the sound that he because he's always doing this, and she said buy the sound reduction mm-hmm, headphones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm looking I'm looking on Amazon now because I saw some on Amazon, and I'm gonna buy him that he can wear them because something. It's a sensory issue. So it's like things might be louder, sound louder to um, people with autism or, you know, uh, it's sensory. So sometimes it's overload and they're trying to block out that noise. Now that is not, it's not the same, but it's similar when you think of somebody with uh, schizophrenia or hallucinations, auditory, and you hear them listening to music, trying to drown out the different voices, which could be multiple ones. It could be in their head sounding like 20 people are talking to you at once. So how am I even trying to respond? So is that like the split personality type person? Like so that's they- different. Um, that's a, this is it was multiple personality disorder, but it's called disassociative um, um, disorder. So it's like uh-huh. um, multiple people. So you have multiple personalities within one body, and it could be because of trauma. A lot of times it's it's trauma related, and these personalities are here to protect them from something. So I might have one who's more outgoing. I might have one who's very childish, like appearing in a child state. Um, so it could be different genders within one body. Um, so, yeah. That's, so this that's is it. something that actually develops. Like, it's not something you're born with. It, I would say no. It's something that develops so probably from Because trauma. of some type of trauma. Yeah. Is it one trauma case that makes all of these personalities? Or is it a, like a constant trauma in this person's life? That each time they experience some type of yeah. trauma, now they develop a new it personality or something. Most likely, uh, it would be something severe that I would imagine would be happening over time. Mm-hmm, Sexual mm-hmm. abuse, physical abuse. Right. Um, you know, but it could be one event that was so big that it's hard for them to manage that has developed these these split personalities. Yeah. Okay. Any other disorders? You well, could, you I mentioned. was thinking of one. Okay, go ahead. Where... When we were growing up, and and my dad fought in the Vietnam War, okay. and stuff like that. So we had a neighbor mm-hmm. um, uh, that also fought in the Vietnam War, and was and was and, was, and came home. Right. But he used to be. We used to, they used to, we had back then when I was growing up as a kid. I used to hear people say, "Oh, because he'd be out there doing like karate or whatever, doing like stuff and in the street and so." And then he so, but they say, "Oh, he's shell shot." That's that's the thing they would say yeah. about oh, yes. a person like him. He's yeah. shell shot because he was in the military. Today, when they come home from the military, they use a different word, uh, APSD or something like that? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Ah, PTSD. Post- right, PTSD. Traumatic right. Yeah. So stress is, disorder. You see a lot of that into, into, in, in, in the community. Yes, so, so it's big in uh, with veterans. They've experienced and view a whole bunch of violence and whatever it is that they go through, training and stuff that um, is traumatic. So... Um, it, it's not only with veterans, though. It could be with any, again, any tra- traumatic event okay, um, okay. could lead to post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. So that's that's what I was thinking about. That's another condition. Right. And, 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 and law enforcement, I'm going to touch bases with law enforcement because we're prior law enforcement and stuff like that. We've responded to uh, calls of... For, let's say for something as simple as they refuse to take their medication, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now they're walking around the yard, they're going crazy and doing, tearing up the house, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why some police departments came up with the uh, CIT unit. Mm-hmm. They train those officers to, and you would call a CIT officer to come by. It depends on the situation. 
A law firm just come in, they got to deal with the person, struggle takes place, uh, you wind up handcuffing them, you wind up taking them to JMH Baker Act them. Uh, if you got them in custody, I think they threw like nine or ten officers around and stuff like that. Uh, nowadays, the police don't even go that far, even though they have more bells and whistles, meaning more equipment than we than early on in the 80s that officers had. All they had was their billy club or flashlight or Gun, you, you, I don't recall people being shot more than they being shot in our in its per- current era when police respond to a mental health situation. Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think, Tiffany, or even you've been the solution of far as calling the police to come to your house? Because we've seen last let's say last five years uh, where people have been sh- they call the police because of their family member. I got, I can remember some place where one the, the, the family member was walking around with no clothes on or whatever, and the police responded. I forgot what state. They put a bag over his head and he suffocated. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be some kind of bag, you know. Right. But we called you to help us. So I mean, what's the role of the law enforcement? You know, concerned when it's dealing concerned dealing with a mental illness person in our community. They've even shot and killed people. Uh, that was mentally ill. I mean, officers got to protect themselves. I'm like, they're, they're, right. they're not going to stand and let you stab them or shoot them. But I mean, what's the and and the average mental health uh, person with mental health condition is not violent. So they might be in that moment like uh, experiencing psychosis, and so we see it on TV that they're portrayed as violence. But there are millions of people walking around with a mental illness who are not violent. I would say don't call the police unless you absolutely have to. Now they have um, mobile response teams, especially in South Florida, where um, uh, if you look up mobile response team in whatever city you're in, you'll have therapists who respond for mental health crises. So the officers, they either might respond with an officer or you have mobile response teams that respond without officers. So they'll try to de-escalate the person. You might be, um, you know, your emotions are high, and so they're going to try to um, de-escalated to, to see if, you know, um, you know they can link you to services instead of Baker Acting you. Right. If not, they will Baker Act. And sometimes they have to call the police to transport. But the recommendation would be to call a mobile response team first or ask if you have to call the officers, ask for a CIT trained officer if, po- if possible because the average officer is trained to what? To... Quell, quell whatever problem that's going on. And you're a threat usually, and I need right. to, you know. Right. So it's more of an aggressive, I'm on defense when right. I come out. Right. But when someone is dealing with a mental health issue, you don't need to be on defense. You're there to help them. So imagine your doctor, you know, calling the police because you having a medical condition. Right. 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 I wanted, right. I wanted to add something to that because you mentioned Baker Act. And like I said, in my experience with my family member now, when they were going through their schizophrenic mm-hmm. um I guess what do you call it? Episode. 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 Yeah. And they were like all over the house and just talking to themselves. Like they, and their train of thought is from one thing to another to another. Right. And then when you call the police out there, the police will come and that, per- that family member knows how to act in front of the police. Like I was yeah. there, witnessed this. That family member was able to calm down. Mm-hmm. Answer all the questions mm-hmm. to the point where the police did not feel like they had to do the Baker Act. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying with that schizophrenic person. To me, that's telling me that they know what they're doing. They really know what they're doing. Well, uh, 
so Be, the, I, I've seen it now, I, uh, yeah. and this is my personal experience with my own family member. Right. Like we called on my family member because this this person was going through an episode. Right. When when the police got there, that family member was so calm, yeah. and answered every question. Yeah. Are you yes everything? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the Baker Act itself it can be traumatizing, right? So. You, you got some some population, like some youth I see, they, they enjoy the Baker Act because of the social. They get to be social with other people, other youth in there. Mm-hmm. The average person doesn't really enjoy getting Baker Acted because you're going to get in the police car, be handcuffed, most likely sent to a facility for however many days or hours. And people... Maybe strapped to a bed once you get there, depending on your... your what are you depending doing? Depending on what your you're activity. doing. Right. Um, so... Most people are going to try to avoid going to a Baker Act, even if they're not aggressive, if they're So, suicidal. in other words, question I'm asking is, even if they're in that mental state, that episode state, mm-hmm. they still are aware of how to Sometimes. act. Yeah. I'm telling you because... This family member was able to so do this. So you said that, that happens sometimes. Sometimes. Not I mean, all the time. you might be able to keep it together because of your fear of the police is so strong that I need to hold it together in front of them. And I could still be hearing voices, but I don't want to get Baker ah, acted that bad. That, that makes I'm, sense. See? I'm trying to drown that out so that I don't okay. get Baker acted. Makes sense. So makes sense. It's, you know, I would, that's why I would say sometimes, not all the time, depending on your mental health condition. Right, right. You know. Most most people are gonna try not to. It's like having a DUI. I'm gonna try to sober. I'm sober up as best as I can. As soon as you see when them they red stop, and blue when light, I see those lights, because I don't want to go to jail and you I might be instantly straight. So right. I'm gonna walk this line. They walk told me to walk line. this line. I'm gonna walk this so line. That, think of it like that. I'm walking this line because I don't want to get Baker acted. Right. I get it. Okay. I like, so I like the fact. I want to get back to uh, the, res- the the response thing that you were talking about because I don't know if a lot of people are aware. That program exists where right. what, what's it called again? Um, the mobile response. The mobile response. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people should write that down and should and and, and find out what number. I guess you could in Dade County. Yeah, I don't know if you could call three one one or something like that. Yeah, you could call two one one and they will give you the number to the mobile response team in your area. I think um, Dade County has like a co-responder, so they may respond with officers. With officers. And so officers. Probably most likely CIT trained officers will, um, you know, respond with therapists in Broward County. Um, you will have um, Henderson Behavioral Health. They run our mobile response team and they'll respond with by themselves. Or sometimes you'll have um, officers who are responding and then they'll call mobile response if they need assistance. So um, and they won't work on 24 seven. Yes, 24 seven. So okay. so a person can call if, if they have a family member that's, that's having an episode I mean, they could call them first, mm-hmm. and then maybe they respond, and that's pretty much uh, probably more safer for their family member or loved one or whoever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that the police would be a bad thing to call, but, right. I mean, if there's an option, if it was me, I would well, if call. Someone, you're calling someone who's in that, trained in that right. field. So right. I would call a right. mobile response unit first before I call the police. Right, right. correct. I don't know what state of mind the police right. is in right. when they come, and it's like some of them might he, have He might be mad at his girlfriend right. or something. Or it might be the, uh, he, he might, or he, they might, or he or she might be in this us versus me type of uh, mindset, which to right. me is a mental uh, uh Issue also, us pushes me. I'm in the community I don't like to be in. I, I, I don't want to get into the police problem. <laughs> right, but I'm in a community I don't want to be in. I really don't care 
too much about the citizens in this area that I've been forced to patrol in. Uh, so when I get a response like that right away, because we know that shootings occur uh, a lot of times. I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of times with when when police who uh, well let's say this counter black or brown people shootings occur within seconds. Right. Whereas when it comes to somebody else committing uh-huh. the same offense or activities, uh, it's it's more like uh, trying to de-escalate the situation, right. which is what police we see that all talk. the time. We right. see that all the time. And, but yet still, rapidly when they respond to it's a black and brown person's involved, and let's say they're having a mental issue at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Willie, boom, you, boom, boom. yeah, Willie, you're going to another topic there. Yeah. That's a whole. <laughs> That's a whole law enforcement right, right. there. I know, I know in Broward, um, we work closely with um, BSO. Right, right. You know, the preference f- for them is, you know, they would prefer not to do Baker Acts because they want the mental health professionals to really handle that. They, they know that mental health professionals are the ones who are trained to de-escalate and really um, work with that population. So they work closely with, with um, you know, Henderson Behavioral Health and Broward Behavioral Health Coalition to try to make, you know, let the, let the mental health professionals deal with that. But sometimes, you know, counties are so big down here that sometimes they have to respond. And right, right. You hope that the officer is, you know, well you trained. They hope it's a CIT officer that's responding yeah. and something else, depending on, you know. Now, sometimes officers will be called, like, uh, if, you know, a person has a weapon. Well, right. Um, so right, it's right. a dangerous situation. Right, they got a weapon. That's and a that's little, where that's it gets tricky with tricky. hoping that an officer could de-escalate or they go back to that basic training. And that's where... Right. You know, it get it gets tricky. We about to wrap it up in a few. Um, time flew by so quick, but let me ask you, OCD. Mm-hmm. How we label this as a disorder? Like it's a disorder. It's a disorder. So, um, you know, um, it's obsessive obsessive thoughts um, that you know could lead to obsessive behaviors. So it could be obsessive thoughts um, about you know cleanliness. That's a big one we see on TV all the time. Right, and right. It becomes a disorder because I can't I can't function without washing my hands twenty times. I might wash my hands so much that they're peeling and they're bleeding, ah, but I'm still that's, going. That's when it becomes right. Yeah, yeah. I might think we 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 might have a thought that did I turn off the iron? We might check once, but if I'm obsessing about it, did I turn it off? I'm going back and forth to where I can't do what I need to do because I'm obsessing about this ah, thing. So that's never what thought makes about it, it like that. Yeah, you experience these thoughts on uh-huh, the regular. Uh-huh, you might uh-huh. be sad. You might, but it, when it becomes um, when it interrupts your daily functioning, that's when it becomes a mental health issue. I would say, right. Uh, I know we're gonna wrap it up soon. To early intervention, early treatment can prevent more severe mental illness. So if you're going through that breakup and you feel like, hey, I'm sad a little longer than I should be. Go and get help as fast as you can. Right. Talk to a therapist um, and and try to prevent that stress from continuing and affecting you. Um, you know, get the help as soon as you can. Now, is the help covered through like like Medicaid? Like, how's mm-hmm. the help covered? Like, let's say someone who does not have any insurance. Yeah. And they go into a situation yeah. and they need help. Can so, they? Can they? Find help? Yes. So in Florida, we have some, um, we uh-huh. have agencies where I work, the managing entity. Okay. So th- we have seven managing entities throughout Florida, and we're all funded by the Department of Children and Families. Right. And it's for individuals with no insurance. And so you can have your services paid for if you have no insurance um, so that, you know, there's no gap in treatment there. Um, if you have Medicaid, private insurance, you can go through your um, insurance companies and they will pay for the services. 
Okay, and that's open to anybody. That's open to anybody. Whatever, even you have the insurance, or if you're uninsured, you would go through your local managing entity. And how long does that, like, say, a process like that? Like, say someone who needs to see someone, talk to someone. How long does that process take to to be approved for that? um, So for the uninsured, it's as fast as as possible, I would say, about within a week. um, Uh We try to see there's not really a delay there. Um, Yeah, so... Fairly quick. We try to do and it they, fast. They can again. They can access this information through maybe the two two eleven number. Yes. Or something like that. So people are listening. They think, okay, yeah, I don't have any insurance, and I, I need some help, and I need some right, assistance. Right. And this is this is this is program is also for uh, youth and adults. Correct. Um. So the managing entities fund services from infancy all the way up to plus a hundred. Um. So uh, in Broward is Broward Behavioral Health Coalition. Um, and Dade County is Thriving Mind. Um, so you could look up, just type in managing entity and different ones will pop up in your area. But 211, like you said, 211, they have information on different um, providers that you can go to or different resources if you need um, help. Finally. Awesome. Oh, man. Round of applause. Round of applause. Thank you so much for that information. Round of applause. Oh, man. I mean, that time flew by. Already, man. I mean, thank you for all that information. Any last words you would like for the folks to leave here with? Yes. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're just pushing acceptance. So, you know, trying to reduce stigma and make it more common for people to get treatment. So it's just thinking about how you describe and talk about people with mental health issues. It could be you at any point. It could be any of us. Mm -hmm. So just, uh, you know, trying to have more acceptance when it comes to mental health. Right. right, try to be more respectable because, like, like I said, I got injured last year and I was beginning to slip into a little depression. But because of the, you know, the spiritual and the family and friends that was that, that was around me, they assisted me and everything. And if and if you do have somebody uh, in your family or friend in your you know, that you may know, you should try to give them as much help as you can. From even if it's just going to the store. Uh, to buy them groceries or assisting them, giving them a ride somewhere to therapy and things like that. It makes a big deal in their life, and it really helps them a lot. Thank you so much. And I, my doctor said I need to cut my alcohol intake, <laughs> so I grabbed a pair of scissors, and I was trying to. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you so much, uh, you guys, for coming out. And I, I definitely want to uh, keep the lines open for this topic of discussion in the future. This is definitely information that I think a lot of people are not aware of, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned the um, the uh, mobile response team and the 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 number to call two one one. Listen, don't be afraid to, to reach out and ask for help. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to Ben Hop's Community Corner. We're gonna see y'all, all right?